me. Fuck me. Well, fuck me. Fuck me. Hello, foot nerds, and welcome back to another installment of the Foot Me podcast, your podcast for everything mid-level, mid-tier, and just plain mid in this ultimate team universe. I am your host, TJ, here to talk a little uh, pro-live, non-mid gameplay, actually, on this weekend wildcard edition. We find ourselves in uh, the FC Pro Group D. This is the uh, final group, uh, second day, so we complete out the uh, bracket for the uh, actual quarterfinals that will take place on Saturday instead of Monday, Uh, so we might actually put this out a little bit early so that you are aware, and then of course we will uh, cover uh, the quarter semis and finals uh, for our uh, next week's episode. Looking forward to see how this all plays out, because this has been... Uh, these groups uh, have been uh, competitive in particular areas. A lot of them have a clear kind of at the top, and then the folks that came in at the bottom kind of stayed at the bottom. You know, we had our top twos. There weren't usually a lot of movement from week one into week two in that. And uh, as we go into group D, known as the group of death, would that hold serve? Um we ended up uh, starting uh, the day with uh, Levy Weird or Levy uh, leading the group with uh, Fuma and Obran tied both at two, one, and one uh, with the uh, ones uh, at one, one, and two. And then, of course, Tex had the very uncharacteristic meltdown and uh, went oh, one, and three uh, at the bottom of the group. And so, Coming into this, as with every week, they always look at uh, the, you know, can Levy stay at the top? What does Fuma and Ober need to do to move up? You know, can Tex right the ship? All of those things. And frequently, you know, I've told you in week one, I thought Mark Eleven's performance and his attitude and the way that he took it was really what, you know, stuck with me. Uh, even though he wasn't able to climb up uh, uh, much higher, he did perform better and had, like, I thought, an attitude to match. Uh, some of the other groups, you know, they still, uh, no one's come in and just kind of like, just, you know, given up or uh, decided that it was, you know, out of their hands. They all had something to play for, especially since the top four mean you're qualified for next year. So even if you're not in the top two spots moving on, being in the third or fourth spot definitely um, is worth it. And then, of course, if you had, uh, you know, any of the FC Pro cards, uh, for example, whatever, uh, the one that that Tex had, the Phillips card, um, he had apologized to folks. But, uh, you know, if he could get 10 points, it would get an upgrade. Of course, uh, those are all relatively uh, behind the curve at at this point. See Lodi every once in a while, but we're not going to get off on that. Also, to the point, this did come up a couple of times, but there was not nearly the discussion of pro value and investing in that. And that may be because we're in the midst of team of the year. So that kind of dominates the market and the discussion, but it was not something that they even really promoted um, this week. My guess is they've kind of determined these things are falling off. The, The one element, because people that are involved in the show are active players. So they aren't just someone who used to play the game, but they are actively involved. I believe they have some input over uh, what they decide to emphasize 
and uh, those things. And so I think that's why maybe the uh, market aspect of the uh, pro live cards uh, definitely dipped out of this week's um, purview in terms of that. They also are definitely getting ready for next week. They had a lot more people on hand. You had Casey doing interviews. You had uh, Boris in the studio along with their usual cast of characters. So we're, we're seeing a ramp up, which of course next week is going to culminate in some uh, folks actually in the studio. I'm sure they're going to talk about it a lot while it's happening because it will be the new unique bit that they're going on there. They're in this arena atmosphere and will this people in there affect their overall, you know, uh, nerves, things like that. So, uh, we'll have time to talk about that, uh, next week. So anyway, with all that set up, knowing that the top two move on, uh, could Levy hold serve? And I will go ahead and spoiler alert that and say, yes, uh, Levy did hold serve by doing exactly what he did the first time where he went three Oh and one, he finished at six Oh and two. So one, three, um, lost one. Um, and that one loss was his last game, which ended up being meaningless so i think that maybe had something to do with it but uh we'll we'll talk about uh that this put like obran and uh vumo essentially really uh fighting it out and uh the very first match though and the way they started it all out was like can tex you know win four in a row and get back into it and will other people maybe lose that would put him in a position right and so first game is uh tex versus the ones and tex comes out firing and ends up, uh, you know, kind of setting the stage uh, for the the rest of uh, the the competition, and uh, it really did kind of focus on will he be able to make the comeback. And so we'll we'll get into uh, more of that as we uh, get past first. What did they get to play with? Um, again, every week we're seeing that the draft is increasing. Uh, in terms of what you can put into it. So this week was a 17 million uh, coin cap. And the requirement is that you had to have a team of the year or a team of the year icon per position, one attacker, one midfield, one defender. Um, this meant there was a lot of variation. So we really are enjoying that uh, element of these types of things. Again, it promotes the the EA promotion at the time, like team of the year needs a promotion. Um, but, uh, one thing that was kind of funny is there was only one player that was in four of the five squads. And, uh, I would guess that if, if I could give you a hundred guesses and you wouldn't come up with it. Um, oh wait, you did. No, I'm just kidding. It was the Davis thunderstruck right back card. Um, so, uh, probably had to do with some, you know, budget and the lack of there being right like, good left backs. Um, I don't know why I said right back left back card. Um, and, uh, even over the course of the week, it's funny. I, I looked back cause I was like, well, he's in four of these. Do people watch? Uh, and, uh, we've seen that it's climbed from 277 K at the beginning of the week to about 370 at the moment. So almost a hundred K climb. Uh, and you wonder if any of that has to do, you know, with this along with also the idea that are there better left backs out there and are they more expensive and, you know, also clearly there's the uh davies uh, sbc for folks that are you know keeping up with that now i don't know if that had some kind of impact on people wanting to try a davies before they got to that one but for whatever reason he was very prominent in um all of these squads and then also has kind of gone up uh we noticed that uh 
we still had uh, Cafu is right back with three of these folks, VVD. Typically of a gold nature was in three. Um, Ham and Mbappe actually split some up top lines with both of them being in two of the squads. Um, Holland was in three. This was the dynasties at 93, 94 card that, uh, of his. We're seeing that. I also thought it was interesting that winner wild cards Courtois was on three of the five benches and did come in uh, to a number of the matches that uh, were uh, – actually covered um in the broadcast so um team of the year kdb was in three and was the most used team of the year uh with patellas gold and team of the year showing up in three but only one of those was the team of the year the other two had um the gold so there was like laudrup at right back there was rule breaker cancelo in the midfield you did see some uh kind of unorthodox stuff uh we ranged from our 26 up to i think 32 kim um this week so uh, players got to pick folks they wanted. And when you start getting into these high ratings, does chemistry and those boosts matter as much? And at a pro level, we would argue probably not. So, um, with that in mind, I will say, and I doubt you'll have time because there's only 10 hours left when I'm doing this and I'm not going to put it out, but they're letting the community vote on the next setup and it was either going to be a uh, one of each, uh, they were calling it rainbow. So it'd be one of, uh, each um rarity or promotion or whatever along those lines which was in second uh twins was the other where you had to have two players of the same uh rating and then the third one which uh seemed to be leading the vote by about 50 percent, and i think is going to be what gets chosen is uh infinite amounts of monies four SBCs have to be in your squad. So I think we'll, we'll see that there is some concern that we're going to see very, uh, you know, we're going to have some very similar squads, but I do think when you come to the end of this, letting them play with the players that they want to play with is probably, uh, the most fair, uh, and, and best way to go about it. We've gotten a lot of variety through the group matches, you know, where we let, if you're talented, you're going to be able to overcome, you know, these types of things. And now that we're at the end and we've got all the best players as we've sorted through from, uh, the qualifying knockout stages through the group stages to here, you would hope that, Hey, now is maybe the time that we're going to, uh, let them play with who they want to. And it looks like the community is also agreeing with that plus i think we're interested to see what sbc players they shove in there will we see bests and sawas will uh you know clearly some team of the month mbappes things like that however they unlock their accounts to get into there so it'll be interesting to see what ones they they choose and, and that kind of impact so i um Sorry, I did jump the gun a little bit because I was uh, about, you know, techs and uh, the, you know, them playing because of all the weeks that we've been watching this, this was by far the most kind of drama filled and I thought had some of the best highlights just in terms of like matches that were meaningful. It wasn't just going through the motions or waiting for like these two to eventually play that all of these games um, had an impact. And it was the one where we saw the largest jump in terms of somebody that was in fourth moving up and that was like Tex um, as I said he came out firing against uh, the ones and ended up going up and, and won that game 9-0 um, and uh, unfortunately for the ones he had to play his four games like he was the one that was playing all four without a break and then had the last game off and I think uh, he had a similar mindset to Tex going in that he had to win all the games to have a chance and so when you then lose to Tex nine nil 
that has an impact and we could see that kind of play out as uh, it went through um, the day he actually didn't end up picking up and uh, didn't even end up drawing uh, at the end of it. So, uh, you know, he had a, a pretty rough go of it. Um, I think got derailed like right there off the bat, then ended up facing Fuma and lost three, six, and then, uh, lost six, one to, to Levy. And, uh, you know, by then the, you know, the damage was done five, one to Obrin. He just, you know, I think was, was gutted, you know, came back and had a, you know, concerted effort against Fuma. Plus we're talking like these are the best of the best dish. A matter of fact, um, that came up on the uh, pregame interviews. Uh, Casey had a chance to talk with Tex beforehand, and I don't know how much um, E F E E A F C you keep up. Oh my God, that's so many vowels. The E Prem, i.e., uh, you know, esports for the Premier League teams, uh, and. Tex played last week, uh, actually, and um, did very well. It was, I think, on the weekend, maybe Friday or Saturday. I can't remember what day that was. But in his group stage, he he dominated the competition. And uh, Casey asked him, does that give you confidence or momentum coming into this? And he's like, no, no, it doesn't. Because these are the best players in the world, and it's just a different level of competition. Now, he wasn't trying to belittle, clearly, um, the professionals that he plays against on a weekly basis. But it does go to say something when he doesn't even like, yeah, you know, it does help, and I feel a little bit better, but this is a higher level of competition. He was just straight up like, nope, means absolutely nothing because this is a whole nother level. And so I, I think that really is telling. You know, we – we say it a lot and we talk about it and we're like, hey, uh, you know, these are the the best of the best and they're working on this. But whenever you have someone like Tech say like this is a different level of competition than the other pro competition that I take part in constantly, um, that should really be telling to just how good these folks are and how tight the margins are and how impressive it, it can be you know, watch them. And, you know, they're not a lot of skillers. You're not seeing the little things that are just really out of the ordinary. I know last week there was some criticism that there were too many Travellas going in, but was, uh, you know, not the case. I thought uh, this week, you know, I know some people think that pro gameplay is, you know, boring or whatnot, but I would, you know, watch Texas 9-0 defeat. I think that's, you know, a pretty good one. I think watching the last game with, uh, Fuma and Obrin kind of determining on who was going to be able to advance another uh, really good one that did not involve a bunch of, you know, glitches or brokens or, you know, things that just, you know, it's, it's levels of competition. If you like to watch people who are competing, um, I think, uh, you know, at this point, you know, I can watch a streamer, but I have a tendency to kind of doze off kind of like watching golf on the weekends, but in these competition, these tournament formats where it's head to head and you see both of them and you know what it means and you know that there are those kinds of impacts, I think it's a, a lot more engaging and really, uh, you know, something that, uh, I enjoyed, uh, to watch this particular week as it, you know, kind of set things up. Um, now, Tex needed to win all four games. And so he went into the ones and won nine Oh, right off the bat. Then he ended up getting Fuma round two back to back and he went six two. then he had to take a break. I think, uh, you know, like 
this was what I said was a down, you know, for the ones he had to like play his four games back to back. And I said, that was kind of a disadvantage in a world where you win those first two games, it's no longer a disadvantage. And so that's why a lot of times these placements are where you're playing or things like that um, can really impact stuff. And it's, it's not random the way they do it. They know how to kind of stage things out. They'll have the top ones and, you know, they have the bottom two play each other to kind of, you know, it's going to definitely decide things probably also, you know, they knew that Tex was their, their big money spot. The reason I know that they wanted to focus on Tex during the broadcast is that in the first game where you have the top person in the group playing like the third person in the group, they exclusively focused on text to the point that he was up six, seven, eight, nothing. And they were still focusing on his game and watching those for highlights versus um, the other, which was still a, uh, an affair that was in question, you know, for a while. So, um, you know, they know where their bread is buttered. They know where their personalities are. Unlike Anders, you know, in game text kind of keeps it together. And then whenever you talk to him afterwards, he's one of the better, you know, interviewees that, that they have that are available. So they're trying you know, they want those personalities, especially for the English speaking audience um, to, uh, to, to be involved. There's, you know, when they do the translators and things along those lines, it's great to hear from them, but whether you're league of legends or anything else that of course, you know, take something out of there, um, you know, for, for those of us that are not native speakers to whoever they're, they're, they're speaking with. And I don't know what the, I don't think they have a separate different language broadcast, but they very may well. Um, but I know for the English broadcast, at least this is, these are things that I think they're, they're being mindful of. So anyway, um, whenever um, he got done with his break, uh, Tex had to play Obron and uh, he needed to win every game. And uh, this was the one game that he drew. And so that pretty much sealed his fate for not being able to advance. Um, but he still kept it going. And then, uh, in the last game he played against Levy, he ended up winning five, two. Now at that point, Levy already knew he had advanced. So was there a letdown there? Plus, you know, him wanting to push, um, who knows, but again, uh, what a performance by text to go from, you know, one point, uh, to be able to get up into, you know, overall third, uh, just ahead of uh, uh, just ahead of Fuma and minus a three three draw could have uh, put himself in contention for actually coming from fifth all the way up to second. So I thought that was impressive and uh, worth the watch. And um, if you wanted to watch some of those, you know, just picking the the, the text games would would probably uh, be pretty good. Um, Others, uh, I thought this group in general was pretty reserved. Clearly, Tech said the most in the, uh, and was, you know, kind of there, you know, Levy, uh, Oberyn, a lot of them, uh, you know, they'll engage. Uh, they're a little bit more reserved, and it makes sense. Managing your emotions and kind of keeping those things under control is an important part of being, you know, able to be successful um, in these areas. The idea that it came down to the last game to determine who was going to move on was also awesome because Fuma had to win um, and Oberyn needed a draw or better at the very end to determine who was going to be second or third. So although um, or, or for second, so for, for, you know, Texas knocked out and then we're in this very last game and it had Fuma won, uh, then is able to move on. Instead, Oberyn ends up drawing the match, um, or, uh, 
Yeah, Fuma had to win. Auburn needed a draw, and uh, Auburn actually ended up winning the game four to three. So was able to close the door there. That you know shoved him up, knocked Fuma down into fourth, which still third and fourth is not a substantial difference. You both are qualified for uh, next year, but uh, you know the chance that uh, you know the difference between second and moving on or dropping down to fourth was on the last game. Just shows how tight this group was um and this format and the kind of drama that can be there i know in some of the other groups you know we knew halfway through what was going on and then it was just like who's going to be third and fourth but uh this group definitely paid off of course this is a gigantic spoiler uh, but in terms of uh just from their perspective and watching it live i thought you know this was definitely the group with the, the most drama so group d for death and drama and all the things that kind of paid off and ran them af right they pull their little balls they do their little thing it's not like any of this w- was built in but you know i think from tech's perspective he probably came away with it being like you know that first day had he just done something he would have been in the running and that he was probably you know happy with uh you know his performance but unsatisfied with the result uh and that makes a, a lot of sense and you know but also shows just what kind of a competitor he is um how cool calm and collected he is how he didn't let you know coming in affect him in a in a negative way of course had he lost that first game what happens there who knows but nine oh there was never that was never going to be a thing it looked like so um usually i'd spend some time talking about the presentation and i this is not, uh, you know, I, I, I think again, every week they're getting better and better every week. They're, they're figuring out some stuff. I did think this was a weird wardrobe week. I've, I reached out, I asked on, on Twitter, like, do they get to pick their own wardrobe? I haven't heard back yet. This was a very, uh, the color scheme was very black. It makes me think that that was intentional to work around with the set. Uh, you know, not that any of y'all listen, but I think pops of color are actually a way better uh, look uh, for y'all when it comes to that. You don't need to blend in like a Steve Jobs at a Apple release. So um, there was that. I also wanted to bring up one other element. You know, they've taken a lot of things from pre-games that you would see from, you know, football. I think more of the Fox NFL show because when I watch pre-game for uh like Premier League, it's three folks sitting around a desk just kind of talking about stuff, you know, old school wise. Whereas this is a lot of let's look at the highlights. And, you know, I think a lot of, you know, JB and Howie in the studio when I see kind of what they're aiming at and they're in the vicinity or, you know, CNN election night because they use that screen and they're like, here's the smart screen. Let's look at this play. My criticism here is that to get both of the, you know, commentators, your color folks in the shot and the screen, the screen is tiny. Add in for those of us that watch like on a phone, oh, heaven forbid, or, you know, a, uh, like an iPad or whatever. Uh, when you start reducing it down, it's very difficult to see when they go over the highlights and they really point out some cool stuff and they've got some neat tools that they're able to use. So I think figuring out a way to make that, um, a, you know, more presentable, whether it's only one commentator that's doing color at a time so that you can do one person and the screen so you could focus more on the screen instead of trying to get in the whole thing. Um, 
but uh, that would be one of my only uh, criticisms of this last week. There's a couple of like blocking and transition times where like they have Boris walk from the desk then walk across the screen to go to the other side. Whereas if he just walked to the short side of it and they had uh, Buckley on the other side, then it would be kind of, you know, pre-done in terms of blocking, of course, speech debate, acting stuff. We have a tendency to think about those types of things. And, you know, people that put together those types of presentations, they do too. And so I imagine they go back and look at it and come up with notes and they've clearly every week have been doing better. And so I really look forward to uh, how this team continues. Hopefully they're getting the kind of support and views that they need to continue to, to justify it. I know the uh, poll on X, for example, where they were just asking people to uh, vote for which one they were going to do. Uh, and, and it had 10 hours. And so they talked about it on you know Monday and here we are on Tuesday and it's going to, you know, it's just about to be done. And so far they have, uh, I wanted to get the most updated. Where's, uh, where it is. Uh, yeah, right now they have 3,000 votes with uh, almost 3,100 votes with nine hours left. Most of the, uh, you know, you're getting 100K people. Of course, a lot of those are trying to get packs or whatever. Hopefully you grab those from that or the rebroadcast. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I think they're really – they, they put a lot of time, energy, and effort into trying to make the presentation uh, professional and engaging, uh, and I imagine we will see that for the finals. I did want to take just a couple minutes uh, to preview what's going to be happening uh, for the finals, uh, the quarterfinals. Actually, it's a quarterfinal uh, bracket. Uh, we've got, uh, like I said, they're going to you know, We pretty much the vote indicates they're going to have unlimited budget for SBCs in there. Um, you have a quarterfinals uh, that was uh, set up based on uh, the group. If you were the top out of your group, you're playing against the second out of another group. And so we have uh, Yomaz playing Obrin based on the results from this last week. We have PH Zen playing Abumacher, which is going to be, uh, you know, all of these are matchups that are like, go MG. Like what, you know, Levy is playing Umit. And, uh, you know, Anders is playing against Young. I believe uh, almost to a T, they'll say Anders is going to advance and the rest of these are coin flips. I think, uh, you know, Levy has a pretty good shot uh, to deal with uh, Umit just because he's been playing really well. And I think PH Zen's been playing great. Abumacher, though, has, you know, is the most composed player that I've seen over the last four weeks. So who knows? If uh, if that has something uh, to do with it, but um, and then uh, Yilmaz Obra and I have a tendency to think that uh, Yilmaz is probably going to come out on that, and then setting up uh, for some brutal semifinals and things along those lines. I'm sure there's some fantasy place someplace where you could bet on all this stuff, but you know. I, I watch it and I wouldn't do it. But anyway, uh, some really great games that are going to be scheduled. My guess is they're going to have the quarterfinals played in two batches. So they'll have two matches going on, going back and forth between one. Then they'll do the other two. Then they'll do semifinals kind of the same way. Or they'll do this semifinal match, this semifinal match, this grand final match. It's all single elimination. That allows them five 
matches like they've been doing uh, for every week. So my guess is quarterfinals, they'll double up. So they'll have two going on at a time. Then you'll get to watch semifinals all the way through, then the other semifinals all the way through, and then the grand final. Um, and uh, looking forward to that, what they do with the studio audience and all of those things. And again, that'll be on Saturday. There's a whole separate set of objectives if you didn't SBC your Joda, you can, you know, get another Joda. Um, my Joda been gone for a while um, and would be under the curve. And I really am okay with that. So, but yeah, we, uh, we're, we're, we're getting to the end uh, of that. And then I can go ahead and tease that uh, the weekend wildcard uh, episodes, once we get done with uh, the pro stuff, we're going to be looking at some other uh kind of formats i know i'm going to have a a guest or two and you know chat with them a little bit practice some of my interviewing skills hopefully some folks that uh you two will uh find interesting and relate to and have maybe heard on another podcast hint hint but um we'll uh get more into that and i will uh tease that out as we get closer to to those dates but uh as of, I want to say Group D was awesome. I would go through and, uh, you know, again, I would suggest watching that one would be, you know, totally worth. Uh, get to see some folks play with some Team of the Year players uh, since we can't pack any of them. And it's nice to see somebody gets to use them. So, anyway, with all of that, I hope to be able to chat with you about what's going to be a very exciting uh, final here in a, you know, less than a week. And, uh, be able to crown an FC Pro Open champion. So who's getting a bunch of money too? Well, a bunch of money. I believe it's uh, just uh, so we know what's on the line here. Uh, first place gets $80,000, uh, qualifies for the world championship and the 25 Open, of course. Second place gets 60 k qualifies for the world championship. Third and fourth, also world championship qualification along with 45K. So uh, getting out of quarters means a world championship qualification for this summer. And I think uh, all of them are very motivated for that, plus the uh, the dinero. So anyway, uh, if you want to see some high stakes uh, EAFC, make sure you tune into that on Saturday. And then follow up by listening to us after it's done. So thank you again uh, for taking the time. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of the weekend wild card. And if not, well, foot me. Foot me. Foot me. Mm, foot me.